What's good, good people? Thank you for stepping to the coach's box. I'm your host, Coach JP3, joined by Coach Pace and Coach Murph. And we got a lot of drama. We got a lot of drama going on in the NBA. We got a lot of drama going on in general. But, you know, we, we, we have our civic duty to cover this. And so I know you've heard a lot about the, the Brooklyn Nets drama on the court, off the court stuff, in particular, Kyrie and KD, again, in some drama. And so we 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 thought we had to do our due diligence and talk about this a little bit because this is a very layered situation. Uh, and so, Coach Pace, go ahead and get us started. What are you, what are you thinking about as far as um, Kyrie's role in things, KD's role in things, and the Nets in general? All right. So my thing is, I'm going to start with Kyrie and say Kyrie doesn't take accountability for anything. But we all know that. Okay. On top of the anti-Semitism and everything like that, I get, like, if the only thing, really, he don't know, really know what he's talking about. He think he's just the smartest person in the room. We've already established this, right? Mm-hmm. So my thing is him, uh, I guess he promoted the movie or whatever, um, which is like, okay. But I think in general, because he didn't say anything wrong. He didn't, he promoted it on his social media, correct? I'm not tripping, right? Mm-hmm. And everything started to spiral out of control. Promoted it on his social media. Whether you like it or not, suspending him five games without pay is a little bit much because he won't apologize for his stance on it. You ain't got to like his stance, you don't have to agree with his stance, but it's his stance. We all know, we know what Kyrie is. Okay, and it just blows my mind that y'all suspending for five games without pay. They severing ties based on what? Nike severing ties with them based on what? Because it took, like, for them to do all this, it took an arm and a leg. And then on top of that, what's his name? Adam Silver said he going to talk with Kyrie. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bro, y'all didn't have the same energy with the uh, son's owner. Y'all had to pry that man. Y'all didn't have this thing. Like, y'all, the only reason y'all did is because y'all was reactive with it. Man, they, hey, it's been three days since everything happened and Kyrie then got suspended, losing a bunch of different, uh, losing a bunch of different endorsements. Um, the, the, what's his name? Um, Adam Silver about to have a conversation with him. I'm like, bro. I get y'all don't like it. I get it. I'm not promoting, you know, anti-Semitism or anything, but that's Kyrie. We don't have to agree with Kyrie, but he didn't say anything wrong. He didn't do anything. He promoted something on his social media, and that was it. It just went spiraling out of control because now everybody thinks Kyrie hates Jews. Kyrie is Kyrie, and I told y'all, the thing with Kyrie is once he got his money, Money only makes you more, more of what you are. So Kyrie always been like this. He has a pattern of behavior. He got his money. Now he going to act out a little bit more. He, it's just like Antonio Brown. It's literally just like Antonio Brown. So, I mean, I'm not supporting the whole suspension and everything like that because I was like, I wish I would have the same energy about everything because people don't have – people pick and choose – um, what they want to be mad about. And the media takes it and spirals it out of control. 
and it goes from there. But outside of that, man, I just I just think the five game suspension was a little much. Like, all right now, like there she's y'all couldn't suspend him when he was like acting out the couple other times because there's been a couple of other occasions he's never gotten suspended for and he was really acting out and being disruptive. And ain't say nothing about that. So eh, it is what it is. We know what Kyrie is, but it's ridiculous at this point. Gotcha, gotcha. Before we go to you, Coach Murphy, I'm going to set a time. I could have set the stage a little bit better. Uh, so just to give people a little bit of a, a recent timeline of what's happened. So October 27th, uh, Kyrie Post tweet liking to Amazon page a film promoting anti-Semitic tropes. October 29th speaks for the first time since the tweet says he will not stand down on what he believes. November 2nd, Irving and Nets announced each will donate $500,000 to anti-hate causes. And November 3rd, Irving says, I take my responsibility for posting that, but does not formally apologize. Then later apologize via Instagram uh, and suspended for at least five games by Nets without pay. And then in the uh, interview we saw, a lot of us saw this morning on the sports channels, people trying to get him to say certain words like, say, you are not anti-Semitic, you are sorry. And he was the dancing around it, like saying it in different words without saying those words. And so a lot of people took uh, exception to that. And so that's kind of what brought us to where we are today. Yeah. So go ahead, Coach Murph, go ahead and talk, talk to us about how you feel about, about the whole situation. Well, also one thing that you, you didn't mention is actually that the, the ADL, they, um, they actually didn't accept his donation. Mm-hmm. So they, they didn't even accept it. But I I understand where Coach Pace is coming from, but where I, I fight back on it, which is one of my biggest issues with Kyrie, um, is that I understand that it's one thing, like people are so quick to have somebody apologize for something, but it's just like, do you just want to hear an apology just so it can be acknowledged or do you want it to actually mean something? Mm-hmm. Like if he doesn't feel that way, that's just who he is don't force him to say it to make you feel better because at the end of the day it's just kind of like damn you know growing up me me and my brother like growing up me and my brother would get in a fight and then my mom would make us uh say we love each other and like you'll do it begrudgingly just because you know like oh well if i don't say it mama's gonna do or dad gonna do something to me basically that's how i view it i'm just like you just trying to force me to say something that I don't believe in, just like how you said he was dancing around, um, you know, basically apologizing. But my biggest issue with Kyrie is that he's saying he's not going to back down on his stance or what he believes, which is cool. But what is your stance? I was just about to ask you that because I'm like, <laughs> okay, what does he believe? Like, what is this even stemming from? I don't even know where we got here, how we got here and what his stance is. That's my thing. He does stuff like you posted that you posted that tweet or like the tweet, whatever. And then when people ask you about it, you have nothing to say. Like, oh, people post stuff all the time. Yeah, but they also have a reason of why they post it. So what is your reason, Kyrie? How about we start there? (laughs) Because don't try to sit here and send Adam Silver and everybody to me to have conversation. Like, if I'm Adam Silver, what do I need to talk to you about? Because I don't even know why you put that up. That's all I want to know. 
Because mm-hmm. you you can't try to teach something of why he did something wrong if you don't know why he did it. Because now you're just sitting here giving him a history lesson, which is, which is cool, but you're not attacking the issue of why he specifically put that up and, and why, when, or like whatever. So that's my biggest issue of it all because everybody's fighting back of like, oh, well, Kyrie shouldn't have done that. Um, and they asked him about it. He wants to get an attitude. Like, it's just something. Like, let <laughs> – for Sarver, like, let Sarver just go on Twitter and just like somebody or tweets, you know, the N-word with the <laughs> – and just not say nothing. And people ask, like, why you put the N-word up? You know, people put, put, put that up all the time. Y'all would have tore them up. And one thing that I, I agree with that I love that was stated was by Reggie Miller uh, when he mentioned that I need players to show the same energy that they do to these owners and other, you know, high figures to your own people. Do it to the players, too. Y'all know that what Kyrie did was wrong, mm. but nobody wants to say nothing about it. KD act like he don't want nothing. Have you talked to him? No, uh, it's unfortunate for everybody. What what does that mean? What do you mean? What did you mean by that? (laughs) So like, hold people accountable. And this is exactly what I was talking about, um, you know, before we started the podcast is that we just, the reason why people don't really uh, respect, you know, black people's views uh, one of the reasons is because we are choosy when it comes to holding our own accountable. It's just that, oh, I feel like I'll need you later, so I'm not going to tear you down now because everybody else is. But then sometimes it's like, no, you just need to stand on that and call people on that. That's how people know that they're doing things wrong, and that's how you form a stronger unity and a stronger bond, and everybody's on the same page. Mm-hmm. But, but we fail to do that. Also, where the hell is Dredrick Irving? <laughs> As a father myself, if my daughter is out here wilding, what the hell are you doing? Mm-hmm. I understand you're your own, you're grown, but <laughs> you're wilding right now. Yeah. Yeah. Call your son out. Like, there's no way. If, and if you think that was okay, that's a whole nother problem. That's a whole nother issue yourself because that explains everything about Kyrie at that point. Mm-hmm. You ain't saying, like, nothing? <laughs> what, exactly, what exactly is Kyrie's thing? I don't, I like, I'm confused. Like, what is Nobody knows. Do? Only only him and Dredrick knows. The what parents. is he getting in trouble for? That's all I want to, like, does it's, he hate Jews or something like that? Did he say it? Uh, so the the documentary that he was encouraging people to, you know, listen, like watch and stuff like that. Part of it has some very anti-Semitic tropes, like stereotypes, like so stuff that the Jewish community doesn't appreciate. You know, say because they're not the ones who made and produced the film. So mm-hmm. they're like, hey, there's some offensive stuff in there. But yet you're encouraging people to watch it. And so I'll, I'll get I'll get to kind of how I 
why I think the way I do about certain things about how he could have done that better. But I, I think the dichotomy is Kyrie was pointing to something specific in the documentary that he agreed with without telling us what that thing was. So uh, he's saying, hey, there's something in here that I like. I think y'all should check it out, but didn't articulate what it was and also didn't know or didn't think about, all right, how does the Jewish community feel about this, this piece as a whole? Because there's some other pieces that could be very untrue and very problematic. So there was no kind of like breakdown on what he thought was good, what he thought was bad uh, and everything like that. So okay. if he promotes the documentary as a whole, it seems like he's endorsing everything that doc the documentary says. Got you. Okay. Okay. So why the hell ain't we getting no Amazon in or whoever it is? <laughs> whoever made the the yeah I yeah I mean because I get why everybody's mad at Kyrie, mm -hmm. but the platform shouldn't be promoting the you know what never mind. But that's. I, I mean, people, I mean, Amazon and other like movie business, I mean, there are like streaming businesses, they're in the yeah. business of making money. So um, it could be in two ways because they're, they're not showing a, a biasness or they're not really taking a stance by posting it because two things can happen. People can look at it to be informed in terms of what they believe Jews are like, but others can look at it to to show of like hey this is what people think of us but this is not us so like it's just strictly of them putting out the information just like if you look it up you're going to find it on google nobody's judging google you know what i mean it's just it's just yeah. information for for people but um th there's just certain ways you just have to go about things and i, I go back to uh, a situation that happened a few years ago with somebody that I admire and respect and Deshaun Jackson of when he took a quote to promote black people, but it was a Hitler quote. So it was just kind of like, still kind of wild. So, you know what I mean? So it's just like, you, everybody understand. And Kyrie knows, cause he loves attention that you're under a microscope. So don't act dumbfounded when people call you out on your shit. You know. Just be prepared to take a, just take a stand. Like you just wanna take, like you just wanna say stuff and then when people ask you about it, like not even condemn you for it, they're just asking you the logic behind it. And someone that's so third eye wide open have nothing to say and it's just like, that's where the problems come in. Because what are you trying to inform us if you can't even explain yourself? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that's my thing. I didn't even know, like, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't understand his point at all because I didn't hear anything in any interview where he just, like, explained his point. And I'm like, ah, well, you dug your own grave at this point. Fellas, all right, I'm gonna I'm attempt to do this in a concise way. I, I've been trying to make put do this as simple as I can, but it's, like I said, it's a very layered situation. So I'm gonna try to paint this picture. All right, let's start macro. All right, 30,000 foot view. This is another distraction for Kyrie. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna take some of what we had in our group chat circulating before we got on air today. I wanna make sure I show love to those things. But 
as another distraction for Kyrie. And so just to give you a timeline on his tenure with the Nets. So he signed in, in July 2019 as free agent. He's played 125 out of 255. That's 49% of games, including regular season playing and playoffs. The team has not advanced past the conference semis. Kyrie has no individual accolades to speak of throughout the, that tenure. He was sent away from the team last season when he refused to, to receive the vaccine. Uh, then he took the, the, the two-week hiatus without even telling his team uh, and his employer uh, because of the January 6th uh, insurrection. So all that kind of stuff. That's all that. That's that's all there. And now he's suspended without pay for at least five games. So you, it, some of it is about the track. As, as humans, we interpret things. We try to look at patterns to make sense of them. And we're trained to see them when we're very young. Which one of these things doesn't belong here, right? We play that game and we say, oh yeah, this doesn't, oh, this breaks, or this is what will be next in the pattern. It helps us understand life. So when we look at Kyrie Irving's pattern, you can't blame people for coming up with the narrative because you've, you've given them a lot of license, a lot of leeway to do it because you've done some irresponsible stuff in the past. Even if your intent was in the right place, your impact has not been the same as your intent. So when we look at the vaccine stuff, I, and I, you know, talking about Stephen A. Smith earlier, earlier today, when he was talking about, well, hey, New York did have, you know, a double standard rules, those were ridiculous. And we have, for, you know, frontline responders and everything like that losing their jobs because they are not vaccinated. And so New York, the, the ruling was that, hey, that was messed up that we implemented that we need to overturn that. So Kyrie was right. But how did he go about it? Right. So it's, it's, it's kind of like the, the message and the delivery of the message matter in situations because you could be wanting to say the right thing and you could just say it completely wrong and it comes off as wrong. Uh, it comes off as, as, as something completely different. So that's part of it. So the team is trash right now. You've had that track record with the Nets. Going back to your Boston days, the team won without you. Going back, LeBron was able to get to the finals without you. So you're not showing your value in a basketball sense. And it's hard to understand what you're saying off the court. So there, there's both of those things happening at the same time. In, in, my, in my opinion, if you are going to be bold enough to take these type of stances, you have to have some type of strategy at hand. And this is the problem with social media is that people are in the moment and they type those things in the moment and they press send. A lot of times without thinking it through, thinking about the ramifications, thinking about what that next step looks like. So whatever this social justice, civil rights piece of, of Kyrie Irving's brain, is telling them there has to be a strategy behind that. So when we look at other famous athletes that have done that, they've made themselves vulnerable knowing that they could be fired, that awards could be uh, stripped away from them. Uh, civil rights leaders knew that they could be assassinated over it or chased out of town, all those kind of things. So why are people acting, acting surprised when stuff comes back at them? Like, you know what type of game you're playing. So the least that you can do is be clear so people can support you. Because if you have a clear message, then people will be like, oh, okay. So to your point, Coach Pace, 
we're sitting here like, well, what do you believe? What did you like about the documentary? Why are you recommending it to people? Did you even watch it? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that, that's the kind of things that are going, like, that's the kind of questions I have. And so if you were the, if you look at his apology, now I don't know if he wrote it or just had somebody write it and he approved it and kind of put his own little magic on it or whatever, but you see how thoughtful the apology is. When you were taking a stance for something that you believe in and you were putting it on social media and text especially, you have to articulate yourself fully within that. And if you can't do it through a text, then you need to make a video where you can verbally explain how you feel in the context. So if let's just say Kyrie's like, okay, so there's a piece of this documentary that talks about tracing Jew Jewish descent back to black people. And I think that gets overlooked a lot. It's not in our history books. And, and so we're not taught about it, we're not learning, but so it's a big part of our history that we're missing. So I believe the original man and woman that God created were black. And if you look at the Tigris and Euphrates River that are mentioned in the Bible, what color people live in that region? Black and brown people, right? So it makes me feel that I, so I, I like what the documentary is saying when it comes to those aspects. But then, so, so I think that's what he's talking about, right? And the only way I know that is by why, the way he answered the reporter's question today. When he said, Kyrie, I think people are wanting to hear you say yes or no. Like, are you anti-Semitic or not? And he said, because I know who I am, I'm not anti-Semitic. I cannot be anti-Semitic if I know where I come from. So he's attaching blackness to being Jewish. Then just say that, Kyrie. Then just say it, okay? Stop with the arbitrary po posting and saying it like this. And then also we have to be careful what we endorse because there is a full message. You can't take a piece of the puzzle without having the full picture. And Kyrie not being entrenched in Jewish culture and tradition, you're, you're, not, you're gonna overlook some things that are like, oh yeah, that's probably not accurate. That's probably toxic. That's probably problematic right there. So if you were going to point to this at all, you can say this particular part of the documentary stood out to me. I don't agree with the rest of it, or I haven't watched any of the rest of it, but I, I do see the value in what they're saying here. Then people could be like, oh, well, he didn't watch the rest of it. That's why he didn't know, or he overlooked it, or he doesn't agree with everything. So the only point he's making is about Black people being tied to Jewish descent. Okay that people can have, do what they will with that. But at least you gave them something to work with. And at least you articulated yourself fully. And it's a big PR game. We all know this. Kanye West is going through it right now, right? All, all, everybody's going through this right now. You put something out there. At least, I mean, Kanye West has the same type of issues, but then he'll follow up with like a two-hour interview articulating himself. And I'm like, bro, just do that in the first place, then you can avoid all this hoopla, right? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like... If you really got to explain yourself that much, then that deserves an interview from the jump. Don't put it on, on a, what, 140 characters or whatever. So we, we see that there's a double standard and you all have highlighted those double standards about the energy is not the same in different aspects. A good example of that is Rick Ross. Okay, so what does Rick Ross talk about in his music? Rick Ross talks about drugs, consumption of drugs, selling drugs, sleeping with people's wives, 
killing his own people, all that kind of stuff. But nobody said, said has a problem with that, right? Nobody speaks out, tries to cancel Rick Ross, especially these labels and everything. Nobody's going to say anything about that. But when did they decide to speak out against Rick Ross? When he inferred date rape in one of his songs. Okay? So that's the platform people decide to, to stand on and say, all right, yeah, we can't, we can't have that. Labels are like, oh, yeah, yeah, we can't do that. We can't have that in there. That's the line they draw. And that line should have been drawn. Don't get me wrong. But there are several lines that should have been drawn beforehand that a lot of these execs, labels, high-level people are okay with us talking about killing each other and selling drugs to one another. Oh, okay, but we're going to draw the line with, with women because that involves white women as well. That's essentially what they're saying. So that because that involves us, we're gonna, we're gonna make a stand on that. So it is out there already that people are gonna pick and choose their avenues of when to come at you and try to cancel you and try to silence you. So the best that you can do is be articulate in what you're doing and make your point clear, regardless of the outcome. And if I did half the things Kyrie did, even before the anti-Semitic stuff, if I just didn't show up for work for two weeks without telling my employer, I'm fired. Okay. So people have that perspective too. It's like, bro, you've been able to get away with all this kind of stuff. You have a platform, you're not even using it right. So you have all those different things happening at the same time. You already talked about the Nike suspension. I agree. Same energy should be kept with all these other problematic things that are happening with the black community. Coach Murph, you stated it when you were talking about John Gruden right before we got on the air. And you were like, well, when he was just talking about race, Y'all didn't want to force him to resign in, but he started talking about LGBTQ community and women. Then you drew the line and said, all right, yeah, he got to go. But the first, the racism should have been enough mm. to, 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 to fire him, force him to resign, whatever. That should have been enough. But it took those other things to, get, to push people toward action. And that is loud and clear in society of how we are valued as Black people. And because you know that, the worst thing you could do is contribute to that. So that's my beef with Kyrie there. Quickly, KD then comes around because he's been awfully quiet throughout all this. Then he circles around and he says, hey, you know, it's just a really unfortunate situation uh, that happened. And I don't like the way it was handled all the way around. I wish we could just move on. I wish the organization would have been quiet about it and just continue to play basketball. All right, the first problem, uh, KD, is it's easier for the sadist because it's an identity that doesn't affect you, that doesn't that you don't identify with. Now let's take Jewish culture and put black culture. There is a documentary that says some problematic things about black people. Does KD say the same thing? I highly doubt it. Right? So you have to be empathetic enough and be aware enough to think like, okay, just because this doesn't directly impact my own identity and life experiences, let me take a step back and say, if this was a shot at my culture, I'd probably be upset too. I'd probably be frustrated. I'd probably be confused too. So the worst thing you could do is co-sign what Kyrie did and say that the Nets should have been silent. So if people are speaking out against Black people, are you going to say the Nets should be silent and continue to play basketball? I don't think so. All right. Uh, and, and so that's what, and then you try to circle around and, and say, hey, let me clarify myself. 
Uh, I want to clarify the statements I made at Shoot Around. I see some people are confused. I don't condemn hate speech or anti-Semitism. I'm about spreading love always. Our game unites people, and I want to make sure that that's at the forefront. But that's not what you said, KD. That's not what you said. I'm glad you said that now, but they're confused because of you. You created the confusion. Kyrie created the confusion. So how do you expect people to interpret it if you're not clear on where you stand and what matters to you? That's all I got to say. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. You're good. I mean, those are all valid points. It sounds like you need to be a part of his PR team because clearly he don't have one. Clearly. You might need to be up there because he clearly don't got one. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's his own. <laughs> he's his own. <laughs> Literally, it, it just don't make any sense at all. Nothing he, nothing he does. You know, even his, even the owner of the Nets, uh, Joseph Sy, reached out to him, and he did not respond to him. Mm-hmm. Oh, another thing, real quick, bro. His behavior is so outlandish because only in the NBA can you be a malcontent at work and somehow still keep getting hired by people mm-hmm. any other job you are fired yep and yep. your resume and that fire follows you so when they ask you so what happened at your last job well i got fired i didn't and show he, up for two like, weeks. It's, it's public too like yes. him and his everything he does is public so owners see that and they keep hiring dude like it literally blows my mind Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that we we tolerate you until he can replace you, and they feel as though they can't replace him yet. And then plus they're over here playing. This is where I put KD and Kyrie. I don't care what they tell me; they are not friends. They're not <laughs> friends because as KD, if I'm your homeboy, you out of line we hold each other accountable like nah you out of line you don't need to be doing that like or you don't need to be saying that if kd really cared because kd is the only reason why he has that job and why he still has that job nobody wanted Kyrie unless he kd was coming with him so that's the reason why he got a job in the league now if not he'd have just been playing on some league minimum in with the lakers because you know, Brian, like, hey, we, we can get you in here and get you a contract later. Yeah. But outside of that, mm-hmm. KD, uh, KD's the reason why Kyrie got the job then. He's the reason why he has the job now. Because if KD was just like, hey, we need to cut ties with him, he will be out of there. Dizzy. First class trip. Yeah. And so I think I think uh, Joe Sai is, is done with them. I really do. I, I think he's he's going after this season. They'll they'll let him go through the rest of the season. However long this suspension lasts, we'll see. And if it doesn't last the whole season, he'll play. And they're they're gonna get rid of him next year. There's there's no way. And right now they're beating the Wizards by 40 points without Kyrie Irving. And the funny thing is they're gonna go going through all of this just to not win the chip. Yes. Yeah. So it's just like you y'all should have cut top. Honestly, during during the offseason, KD and Kyrie should have been out of there. Y'all should have just went with, with the best deal possible and stopped being, like, ignorant with your trade packages <laughs> and just 
whatever you get, it's not going to be comp- comparable to KD. We get that. But you do get to free yourself of other things. And this whole Kyrie thing, even though it would have been an issue to the public, it wouldn't be your issue. Because it's just like, okay, well, he's not hes not a part of our team. He's not a, a part of this organization. That's not on it. But year after year, you just willingly accept all this controversy around Kyrie and KD accept them. I just want to hoop. Mm. <laughs> Do you? If they really had a team, like before KD and Kyrie got there, they really had a great team. They did. Just in like a superstar. And like, mm. hypothetically, if LeBron wanted to go there, he would have had like everything he needed around him or like a, uh, they were just missing a superstar. That's all they were missing, like a Brad Beal or, or somebody of that nature. Kawhi, they had everything else, all the pieces, and they blew up everything, everything, no reason. And those and those pieces that they let go of are balling with their respective. Oh, Jared Allen, well, D'Angelo Russell ain't really balling recently, but he he was balling. Then uh, Woody was is doing good, like all. Shit, all of them out. Karis what? Yeah, Karis LeVert was ball is balling. Jeez. Mm-hmm. So I it's there's a lot to learn here from an organizational standpoint, from a player standpoint. Uh, and for if you're gonna call yourself, if you're gonna choose this as, as a, another platform of yours to stand on, then you gotta be strategic, you gotta be smart about what, what you're doing. Right. It can't just be this is the way I feel, so I'm going to type it real quick type thing. Um, or else the, you're going to lose control of the narrative. And that's what's happening with a lot of people is they lose control of the narrative. So anybody out there, you got to be smart about what you're putting out there. Um, be strategic about it and be clear. Or else you're going to end up like this. So, yes. All right. So enough of that. We'll monitor that as things develop. Um, I'm sure that's not the last we're going to hear about about this drama. Here, but we had a football game Thursday night. Uh, so our resident Eagles fan, Coach Murph, uh, Eagles being the Texans, it was close there for a minute. Uh, but talk to us about uh, your thoughts on the game. Eight and zero. Oh, that's my thoughts. <laughs> Eight and zero oh is my thoughts on the game. That's it. No, <laughs> uh, I mean, I wasn't nervous, even though it was close. I mean, we're just a better team. I think it's just one of those things where it was a little bit extra in that game. Uh, Pierce for uh, for Houston was balling. <laughs> it looked like we had had no answer for for the run game for the majority of the game. But it, there was even though that you know going into it, Philly was the superior team. Everybody knows that um, any given Sunday, Monday, Thursday, uh, and sometimes Saturday during the playoffs, any any team can win. Um, and I think there was a lot um, packed into into that one game. Like if you just remove the records, um, I mean, it's it's Philly versus the Texans, but also it's the World Series. You got the Astros versus the Phillies. This is Jalen Hurts' first game playing in his in his hometown. Um, he's uh, talked about getting, you know, Andre uh, Johnson's cleats back when he was a kid uh, going to, to Texans games. 
Um, and then when you add in the in the records, you got Houston that's like, shoot, this this series is going on. We got to stand up for a squad. And they're a team that has nothing to lose. So they're just like, we can play spoiler and give them their first L. Um, so I think a lot of that, like up the ante on the competitiveness on their end. Um, also, you're going to feel some type of way when you see you know, the, the betting odds and the, the point spread and y'all getting projected, get blown out. So, uh, but, you know, Philly does what they, they have done, found a way, found a way to win. Um, I'm, I'm loving, <laughs> I'm loving this defense. Uh, you know, Nick Sirianni is just looking like a great coach. First eight and zero start in Philly's history, uh, Philadelphia Eagles history, which is really dope. Um, and then, you know, now the everything in, uh, you know, the sports media is about um, can they go undefeated and win the Super Bowl or we believe they won't win the Super Bowl if they go undefeated. But here's my thing is that um, people try to act like being undefeated and winning, winning a Super Bowl is like mutually exclusive. It's. You're just supposed to win the game. You go week by week to win the game. Their goal isn't to go undefeated. They said that multiple people said that everybody knows, like, you can go undefeated and um, lose in the playoffs. And nobody was like, well, at least we went undefeated. The Patriots ain't say that. Jalen Hurts <laughs> in college. Yeah, he yeah he brought it up in college. Like I've been eight, I started off eight and zero before and lost in the national championship. Like that that means nothing. So he already he has that experience. Golden State and say, oh, we broke the regular season record, but we lost the champ. Like at least we have the best record. Like no, we don't care about that. So um, and Philly talks about it every every week. I mean, Jalen Hurst said it when he was five and zero. He's like, I don't want to hear that. He's like, nobody wanted to say nothing when it was two and five. So don't come at me now when we five and zero. So like they repeatedly say say these things and nipping it in the butt early on. That just lets me know that they're just like any other team. We're just trying to get better each week. Even when they win games and they ask them, they just say there's just things we could have done better. AJ Brown came off of a three touchdown game and was just and he didn't say anything about like. Oh yeah, I feel great. It's one of my, you know, best games of my career. It's like there's things I could have done better. That's all. That's the mentality of this team. So do do they understand the pressure they have to make it to the Super Bowl? Yeah, they understand that. They understand that all eyes are on them. You're the only undefeated team left in the league. Uh, but it's just something about this team where you can like I believe them when they say like this record doesn't matter. If y'all win or if y'all go undefeated or if y'all lose a game, two, three, four, the more you lose doesn't make me feel better about y'all winning the Super Bowl. It's just that y'all lost. And that's how people need to start looking at it. Like, oh, you get a sense of relief once you lose the game. Like, do you? Like, it, you you shouldn't. It's just like, dang, we lost. What did we do wrong? I mean, you do wrong when you lose. You do wrong when you win. Um, but they played a hell of a game. They're just a great team in, in all facets, offense, defense, and special teams. Um, 
Texans came in with a hell of a, a game plan and they played hard. Like I never outside of week one against Detroit, um, I didn't see, um, you know, an O-line get a push like that or, you know, uh, create space like that against our, our defensive line. So, um, yeah, those boys was fighting, but there was a lot going into that game just around it. Um, so, you know, one of, one of the better Thursday night games, I could be just me also being a Philly fan, but I think it, it's one of the best primetime games uh, this year. Yeah, uh, that was good. It was a good game. Coach Pace, what are your thoughts? What are your takeaways from Eagles? Um, I really didn't pay attention to Philly. I'm not going to lie to you just because I knew they were going to win. Mm-hmm. I was more so paying attention to uh, Houston because, um, like Coach Murphy said, they play hard. But Damian Pierce is a problem. Mm-hmm. That Man, boy. If, they could just, if they could just put it together. Yeah. They play like they play hard. Um, they're not a bad football team. I know they got like a bunch of just random players, and like you don't even know who the receivers are. They play hard. They played hard last night. Um, I like what they did against Philly. I ain't gonna lie to you. Um, they basically used Philly's strategy against Philly almost. They ran the football really well. Um, tried to chew up the clock. Uh, of course, they didn't have enough firepower on defense to stop Philly, but. Right. Yeah, I do. I do like Damian Pierce, man. Damian Pierce was putting in work last night. Work, and they did it without Cooks, because you know Cooks yeah. was out for personal issues. But you know what that was about. Yeah, he wanted to be traded, didn't get traded. So no, hey, Jerry Jones, good quarterback. I mean, yeah, but you think was, uh, Davis like, Mills is the answer, Keith? I think they don't have any. You can't see – okay, so they have Brandon Cooks. You can't really see what he got unless you get him weapons. It's like Brent, Justin Fields. Like, he got a – who they – they got Claypool, but, like, you still got to get him, like, one or two more weapons to actually see what you got in Davis Mills. Brandon Cooks ain't the only answer. Like, well, he won't I, beat it. Well, I think that Fields, with the acquisition of Claypool, I mean, you got Claypool and you got um, – Mooney. Mooney. Mooney, and then you have Montgomery. So, I mean, really, it's just the line that they need to focus. I th- I feel like that's a solid young foundation that they have weapons-wise for them. Um, but, but like, when a man is running for his life. <laughs> like, I'm not a Claypool fan. Like, I'm, uh, I could care less about Claypool at all. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of him either, but, like, he, he is, to me uh, – slightly above average receiver like he's not he's no slouch to me I feel like with the Steelers they just had too many options and then um, also you have inconsistency in quarterback because when he had Big Ben even though that his arm was shot he had his better season then Mm -hmm. uh, even though it was in the back end but yeah he I'm not a fan of him either I think he thinks he's better than what he really is by far, but you know, it's not it's not about him. Yeah, I think Mills is the answer though. I I I really like what they got going on. It's just you gotta if you want to, you know, do something, you gotta spend money and get weapons to see what you got. Well, well what do you consider him as an answer for? Like an answer um, for like what what would be I think getting he, him the proper weapons, what is his ceiling as their quarterback? Um 
I think because he has the arm talent, he clearly can make reads. Um, I think they said last night, like in the 2021 class, he's like number two in touchdown passes, something like that. So I think they got some. It's just you got to see what you get him some weapons, like a couple of receivers. I know you had Cooks. That would that's a great start, but you got to get him somebody else on the other side. You got him a running back. And just like see what you got with him. Like give him a year or two. If you don't like him, hey, you don't like him. Yeah, but like, but what is his ceiling? Like, would you say like, oh, he can? Um, I think he can, weapons, he can win the division. He can win a playoff game. He could just have consistent, you know, above five hundred seasons. Yeah, I think he his ceiling is. I feel like he has talent wise. I feel like he could be a Pro Bowler. Um, I think he can win a division. Is not like their division is out of this water. Who is it? Uh, Houston. Colts aren't doing much. Uh, Tennessee, they're doing really good right now, but still Tennessee is a beatable team. Mm-hmm. And who else is there? Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Jacksonville is on the rise, but they're still not consistent. So, and they're what? I think they're two and six now. I mean, with some uh, tweaking some things, you might be, you know, 500 at the, at the rate, but mm-hmm. you just ain't going to never know until you, like, invest you got to spend money to do something. So it's like, mm-hmm. you got to see. I think I think it could be Pro Bowl, but that's just me looking on the really, really bright side. He could have some great seasons, win some games. You just don't know. Like, I don't know what you want. Like, don't draft C.J. Stroud. I can tell you that now. <laughs> I think that he's just like a perfect bridge quarterback. I think he's good enough to compete. But I don't. I don't think he he's the answer, and that's even with weapons. So, like I said, I don't know what he looks like because he doesn't have weapons. So I, I mean, he has the talent. I just don't. Like I said, I got to see with something. Yeah, I think his. I I could see him winning a playoff game. Is 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 partially because of the conference he's in too. We have to kind of taper our expectations in the AFC it's going to be hard for Houston to make a playoff, right? Mm-hmm. But they get the right matchup. Could they get one game? With If he, if Davis had some wep- Davis Mills had some weapons, sure. Anything could happen on any given. They could at least get a game. But I think that's as far as he, they can go as a team right now, mm-hmm. even with a little bit more talent because the AFC is so stacked. I do agree with you on an individual level. I think he could be a pro bowler, whether it be, you know, like a the third you know, quarterback in the, in the or alternate or something like that. I think he could be that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and he's kind of like in an interesting position too because he that he is inheriting a team that just offloaded a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, JJ gone, D Hop gone, and of course Deshaun gone, and mm-hmm. others and others. So it's like he's a quarterback as the team is in heavy rebuilding, heavy rebuilding stages. They have a lot of picks. So we have to really depend on them to either hit on those picks or leverage those picks to get some already proven talent. Uh, so it's, it's again, they have to be patient enough with Davis Mills to allow him to see that process out as the team is trying to put these puzzle pieces together. Where I think teams mess up is they get impatient and they're like, well, why isn't he elevating us? And it's like, well, you got a bunch of people that this is their first, second year playing in primary positions. 
he's only gonna be able to do so much. Yeah, undrafted rookies and all that. Like, mm-hmm. bro, I mean, you can't do nothing with that. Hell, Jalen Hurts got lucky and walked into the perfect situation. Like, Philly was already set in stone. Mm-hmm. Like, all they needed was somebody to. And their front office made great moves on on both sides of the ball. Yeah, like, hey, not like you have no excuse not to fail. Now it's really yeah. what they told Jalen Hurts. You have no excuse. Same with Tua, like, not to succeed. It Tua too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, other parts of the game, uh, I'm, I was a little bit nervous about Eagles' offensive line for a little bit. They got kind of lax there at the end of the second quarter. And in the third quarter, the 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 line was getting through to Hurts, and he was taking taking some punishment because of that. Um, so you never like to see that, regardless of who you're playing. Uh, so that was that. Uh, some of their physicality on defense, uh, Pierce took some of their physicality away, mm-hmm. and I, I haven't seen Philly. I think intimidated might be a strong word, but kind of like shy off of contact. Like, it's it's like, man, this dude's going to punish us if he runs. We haven't played anybody like this yet. Uh, so that, that that was one of the things that I, I thought about as well. Um, shout out Dallas Goddard on my fantasy team. How, you know, highlight your boy over there, 100 yards and a TD. Uh, and, uh, I, yeah, that, that was that was big. Yes, like I, I, I don't know if y'all watch the, the uh, or listen to the Air It Out podcast with um, Orlando uh, Scandrick. But he was just like, um, he, he said that he likes what he sees from Dallas, <laughs> Dallas Goddard. He said that this is what, this is why, you know, the, the Eagles shown, and I'm quoting him on this, he said why they dropped their nuts and let <laughs> Zach Ertz walk out the door. Like, they were just like, nah, this is our guy. Um, and, and it just happened to turn out. But to your, I mean, to your point, I mean, a small part of me, like with the them being the physicality of the team, I was like, okay, it's a short week. Uh, you you have to consider that, even though it was short week for for both. But I mean, if you look at Philly's lineup, uh, the teams that they played so far, um, you're they weren't really going against backs like him, like physical backs like him. You have you know, Delvin Cook and the Vikings um, in week two, but y'all put up so many points on them that you forced Kirk Cousins to throw so you didn't have to deal with that. Um, And then after that, you have Dallas in week six, but Zeke ain't what he he used to be. And then then you have Pierce. (laughs) Everybody else is pretty much finesse backs outside of Najee from last week because he's a, he can be a physical back too, but same thing. You put up so many points you force teams to throw. So I think that's just kind of, you got a short week paired with you're actually in a nip and tuck game against a physical back. So it probably just caught them off guard where they're just like, dang, I really got to tackle this dude like all game. (laughs) (laughs) And he's running into me throwing shoulders, throwing bows. And he's not. Yeah, he was running hard. I was over here like looking like, y'all don't want to tackle him. I mean, I don't (laughs) either. They was like, I was just like, they, like one of the runs, it took like two or three people that just bounced off of him. I'm just like, y'all are clearly just trying to push him out of bounds. Y'all not even trying to. <laughs> yeah, he was he was loving all the contact too, bro. He was. Now, now, like, 
Coach Pace, you brought up a good point last night as we were watching the game. You said that this is not a sustainable running style that he might, it might cut his career short. Can you expound on that a little bit more? Um, I think it was Adrian Peterson. Um, Cause you know, Adrian Peterson was like one of the most physical backs you, we've seen in a very long time. Um, somebody said, I think it was like, somebody told him it was like Tiki Barber or somebody like, he was like, bro, your running style is not sustainable. Like, bro, you can't be taking all those hits. You're already getting hit enough. Why are you taking all those unnecessary hits trying to run people over and stuff like that? And that's what Pierce is doing now. And if you look at it, look at Zeke as well. Zeke has taken so many hits that as a running back, you're almost getting hit 90% of plays that you're in, hmm. if not more. So bouncing off two or three guys looks great. And I know he's a rookie. He has to establish himself. But at some point, you're going to have to learn how to take hits and you're going to have to learn how to get down and when to get out of bounds as well. Like, you can't be – if you're trying to do this for the next, like, three years, you're going to have the trajectory just like Zeke. Mm-hmm. It's, you're not going to get a second contract because once you – what's going to happen is you're going to get on that third, fourth year. Um, they might bring somebody else in and catch the carries and then they'll be like, oh, well, he's lost a step. Boom, he, it's just not feasibly possible um, unless you're an alien like Adrian Peterson where you can play 15 years and look like a manimal yeah. uh, and carry a workload like him because he was basically their whole offense for about eight years. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I said, you Are just got to know how to take hits. And he clearly, I get it, what he's doing. He has to establish himself. But right. bro, that, that physical running style, running into people, by having people bounce off you, that's not going to last, especially over 17 games now. Yeah, I thought that was an astute point that you had. I'm hoping that that changes moving forward because I like to see him play as long as possible. But yeah, I think that's it, – it's hard, right, because he is – he's trying to get he's trying to get a bag, right? He, he's trying to be like, all right, listen, I'm out here. I'm legit. Y'all drafted me, and I'm going to show you why you drafted me. So, yeah, he's, he's in the prove-it phase. And to your point, I think there's a wisdom that comes with the experience that will say, if he looks back at his runs and he says, you know what, I took four hits on this play. I could have just taken two and got out of bounds or two and felt, or if I went this way, the blow wouldn't have been as severe. I could have braced myself a little bit better and everything like that. So it's just kind of having that knowledge. And I, I hope that as he watches film and watches himself and watches some of the greats that have done it well, that what ways can you preserve your body on each play? How can you brace yourself for contact? How can you get out of balance in time? How can you just go like, all right, is that six yard really going to make a big difference? I already got five. All right, let me get five. They give it to me again. I'll go ahead and get the rest, but I'm going to take a big shot if I try to get this six yard, you know, so like, and and, and it's second down, right? We have another down to get it, get it done, right? So it's about the awareness, spatial awareness, situational awareness, and, and body preservation. So, yeah, but man, he, he's looking like the real deal, man. He's, Mm -hmm. And, and quickly, before we move forward, for, for Davis Mills, I mean, I can't really be too hard on him for all the things that you said. And really, last night, he, he, played, he, he made one big mistake, right, that really turned the game, and that was that interception he threw. Yeah. Because right? if they go down and get some points, the game, the tra- trajectory is a little different. Philly still wins, probably, but it's, it's going to be a closer finish. 
he makes that interception. They go down and score. It's, you know, it was a wrap. They never look back after that. Mm-hmm. But he, the rest of the game, he played solid. He played solid football. Yeah. Speaking of solid football, we're going to go ahead and make some predictions. So last week we did the NFC East and the uh, NFC West. Today we're going to do midseason predictions on the NFC South and NFC North. Uh, so, Coach Pace, start us off with the NFC South. Who do you feel is winning this division and why? Um, that's a tough one. I ain't going to lie to you. NFC South. I'm going to say, because I'm just going to say the Bucks. I'm not confident in that at all. Don't ask me why. I, I just feel like at some point it's going to click within the next like two, three weeks. They're not going to beat the Rams. They don't beat the, I'm going to tell you right now, if they don't beat the Rams, they're going to be in a world of trouble. Mm-hmm. World of trouble. They do not beat the Rams this week. My pick will change to the Falcons next week. I'm not even going to say, <laughs> but if they beat the Rams, I'm like, all right, they might be able to get back on the road. Tom might be able to get itself together. I'm going to say the Bucks because they're proven. But I'm not confident in that at all. That will change next week if the Rams win. Okay. Um, I, I'm going with the, the Falcons, man. Um, based off of their schedule, what, what the Falcons need to do, they need to run off these next, these next few games. Uh, because their strength of schedule goes up on the back end. Uh, but these next uh, couple of games, they have um, it, it's, I mean, you have the, the Chargers, uh, who's a solid team, but you have the Panthers, you got the Bears, you got Commanders, you got Steelers. Um, so, you know, that Chargers game is a is a toss-up game, but if you can run off those next three uh, before you have to face the Saints, the Ravens, the Cardinals, and the Bucks, I feel like you put yourself in prime position, especially already being, um, you know, the top of your division where um, the Bucks have to face the Rams. They still have the 49ers on their schedule um, and, and a couple of other tough matchups. And with um, the Saints losing uh, Michael Thomas for the rest of the season, um, I, I really don't see them doing too much uh, down the stretch. Even though they've been playing well um, so far, but, I mean, this Andy Dalton. We, we know what he is. Um, and plus, I need them to do bad anyway, so we own their pick. So, you know, <laughs> man. Uh, all right. Every time I bet against Brady, he proves me wrong. And every time I bet for Brady, he also proves me wrong. So, like, I, yeah, as no one situated Brady, but I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and say the Falcons on this one. Uh, and I say that if they, they beat, if they beat the Panthers next Thursday night, so that they would have both games up on the Panthers. 
because DJ Moore took his helmet off on, on that. Um, they said that wasn't even supposed to be called a flag. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. That was interesting. I'm like, man, that that kind of did cost them the game right there. They did have another shot at winning it, but it had been over. Well, that, and the kicker that just wanted to take selfies in pregame instead of kicking field goals. <laughs> so, yeah, I, the 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 game I'm worried because Coach Coach Murph, if they if they don't handle business, then I think what it's going to do is it's going to come down to that second matchup between Bucks and Falcons. Mm. Y'all know what happened last time, that controversial roughing the passer call pretty much cost the Falcons that game. Mm. So they would need to beat the Bucks in that last game if all things were equal on that end. So, But I, I have more faith that the Falcons could do that right now than the Bucks. Um Especially, you know, with them playing like San Francisco and stuff like that. Yeah, they're gonna lose those. Yeah, because you got the Rams next week. They have Seattle, then they have Browns, Saints, 49ers, Bengals, Cardinals, and then you wrap up with Panthers and Falcons. So I'm just like, you can lose to the Rams, you can lose to Seattle, you can lose to the Saints. You're going to lose to the 49ers. Like y'all's run, y'all's run defense has been atrocious all season, and they just added Christian McCaffrey. And then what Christian McCaffrey did that was with Debo being out, so that they're just about to run like crazy on them. And then the Cardinals are—I mean, like they look like a different team ever since D Hop got back. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man. All right, so we're going to pivot. Coach Pace, who you think wins the NFC North and why? This is easy. The doggone Vikings. They man, they so far ahead, bro. That chop man. Everybody else chop liver. I don't even. We don't even need to talk about this. I think we all unanimously on the Vikings at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I chose them uh, before the season started to win the division. So I think we all did. Man, I picked I picked Green Bay to win, and I had Minnesota as a as like a wild card team. Man, I was wrong. <laughs> Green Bay is absolute trash right now. I ain't got no receivers. That's what they get. Yeah, and their their old receiver don't have a quarterback. <laughs> don't get me started on dude. No. Oh boy, yeah, it was funny because like that's the only one of these big moves that didn't work hasn't worked out yet. <laughs> like, everybody else has panned out except for Devontae Adams with their car. But um, speaking of that, the moves, we had a trade deadline happen on Tuesday. There was a lot of movement going on. I, I think it's been the busiest uh, trade deadline in, in history, I think. So yeah. wh- what do y'all think? What was the best trade uh, of, of the season? I'm going to tell you, bro, I'm going to just get mine out the way. CMC to the 49ers is by far the best trade. It clears everything else. Because, I mean, honestly, the Eagles defense was already the Eagles defense before Robert Quinn. That would be my second. But literally, you add a top three running back to a great offensive line and a magician when it comes to the running game. Ridiculous. Like, and Debo's not there yet. That They got like 10 people hurt. And they blew us off the water. Like, that's the easily the best trade of the um, I, I feel like that that's 
the best trade in terms of for the 49ers, but I, I'm going to go with the trade that I feel like was best for both teams. Um, and I, I really like the Miami and Denver trade for Bradley Chubb to Miami with the fifth rounder and Chase Edmonds at a first and a fourth for Denver. Um, one, Denver gets uh, get some picks back after trading a whole bunch of compensation for Russell Wilson. Um, y'all look like I don't know what you're going to do at the running back position, but acquiring Chase Edmonds, I think he could be a solid number one or a part of a one-two punch. And this lets me know that Melvin Gordon is on his way out the door. Um, and then, I mean, the Miami, Miami defense was already good, and now you add Bradley Chubb to that. That, that's a nice defense. So um, that that's – I feel like it's one of the best two-sided trades that, that benefits both teams. I like that. I like that. There's, yeah, there's a lot of movement. You talked about Chase Claypool to the Bears. Uh, that one intrigues me only because Fields has a big arm and with Claypool being a deep threat, we'll see what happens. Let's see if they – Claypool is mud. <laughs> You know, when he, he's he's not that bad. It's just his expectations of himself is is it's not logical. But that it was funny because the first thing that came in my mind that trade and then the Calvin Ridley trade to Jacksonville, I was just like, how is everybody getting receivers before Lamar Jackson? That's the first thing that I put in the group chat when I saw those trades go through. I'm like, how does Fields get a, a receiver before? Lamar. And even though that you think, you know, Claypool is mud, I mean, Lamar can use him. So, so. Lamar can't have, you know, Calvin Ridley this year, but in the future, he, he can use somebody like that. Yep. He can use so, Brandon Cooks. They could have used Brandon Cooks, but nobody wants to move. They just pick up Deshaun Jackson, and that's all they do. They're like, oh, Deshaun Jackson said he wouldn't mind playing for for Lamar, it's one of his top four teams. So let's let's sign him to the practice squad. Like, let's not get you someone that's, you know, younger than that can grow with you. Let's just get you something else to say we got your receiver. Mm. I'm not – I'm not – not to – but D-Jax ain't what he used to be. Like, he's, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's good for, like, a, a few plays a game, but, like, that's what I'm saying. They're just going to do it like, hey, well, we got your receiver. And mind you, you – you don't trade for a receiver and then you lose one because Rashad Bateman is out for the season. Mm. So now what is, is just going to be Lamar Duvernay and, <laughs> and Andrews. Andrews? Like, bro. Like that's what y'all going to do to him. I, yeah. I agree that the receiver should have been a priority. I mean, I, I like Roquan Smith. I think he's going to make their defense better, but that's not their highest need right now. But I do like that trade though. I just wish they could. Yeah, yeah like I mean, uh, yeah, we 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 all said that in the group chat. Like, it's a good trade, but it's not what you need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they're just looking at it as like, because at this point you're just looking at Lamar as so it's like, oh well, it doesn't matter what you have because you're going to be able to put up points. So we're just going to strengthen up a defense because they want to keep the identity of. You know, the Ravens is a defensive team, but it's just like we're in an offensive league right now. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
give me somebody to throw to, especially if y'all have concerns about my throwing ability, just like people had concerns of Jalen Hurts. Hey, we don't know if he's a great thrower. Let's get him a big body target, a talented one, or Josh Allen. We look like he has great potential. Let's get him a solid number one receiver, and you get this. Tua, let's get him Tyreek Hill. And then Lil Lamar Jackson, MVP. Got nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. No money, no receiver. Man, they don't even want to pay Buddy. Like, because that whole Duvernay thing, they they, I, they lucked up with that one because he's turned out to be a good receiver. But I, I that I think that's sometimes like teams get lucky with certain things, and they got lucky with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, speaking of lucky, sometimes you know fancy teams come through. Sometimes you lose. Sometimes you pick the right person. Sometimes you don't. I almost paid the price last weekend, one of my fancy leagues. I, I won by less than a point. So, you know, every point counts here. So we're going to try to guide you in the right direction here. If you're debating between two players for any position, which one we would choose, which one the coaches would choose. So first up, we have Kenyon Drake at the Saints or Jamichael Hasty versus the Raiders. Who y'all got? Do we got a verdict on Gus Edwards yet? Uh, I think he's still questionable. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, if he's a scratch, I would I would go go with Drake. Um, I mean, has Hasey, I mean, I don't think Hasey really been doing anything this year. Uh, yeah. Or am I tripping? Yeah. No, so he's on there because he's a he's a number two now to ATN since they got rid of James Robinson. So oh, he, yeah, he's getting okay. more snaps now. Yeah, no, no, no. Just just then go just with Drake. Yeah, Drake <laughs> gonna force the ETN until he's unless he's injured, and I don't see that happening. Yeah, I mean, you saw that with James Robinson, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm rocking with with Drake, Kenyon Drake. So right now, Gus Edwards uh, did not practice again today. He was sidelined, still dealing with the hammy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. hammy. Yeah, he's not playing. Yeah, Drake. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Tyler Higby at Bucks or Robert Tanyan at Lions. Robert Tanyan. Higby clears. Higby clears. All right. I like that. Only because they're going to force force feed him the ball. They're going to run 733 screens to him. And Cooper, <laughs> he's going to have 14 catches for 50 yards and maybe a touchdown. That's all they do. They ain't got nothing else. You mean they're not going to throw the ball to Allen Robinson? <laughs> Did, Cooper Cup Did Cooper Cup die? Did Cooper Cup die? Oh, gosh. That's so sad. So sad. All right. So we know that Keenan Allen is not going to suit up for the Chargers uh, this weekend. So uh, Joshua Palmer at Falcons 
or Juju Smith-Schuster versus Titans? Palmer. Juju. Yeah, this was tough. Joshua Palmer's going to get the volume. Uh, Juju's been on a little, little good streak. Him and Mahomes are finding chemistry together, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, Terry McLaurin versus Vikings or T. Higgins versus Panthers? Mm. You said who and who? Uh, Terry McLaurin, who actually looks like a receiver now that Heineke is the quarterback, or mm -hmm. T. Higgins versus the Panthers. I'm gonna go T, but I don't say that confidently. Yeah, I'm gonna stay T, and that's just because I mean I just trust Burrow more than Heineke. Mm -hmm. Plus, I, I trust the. I think the Vikings defense will perform better than the Panthers. So. Ravens defense versus Saints or Vikings defense at Commanders? Ravens defense. Yeah, I'm going Ravens defense. Defense. All right. All right. Now for a week eight preview, we're going to go right to Raiders at Jaguars. Who wins this one? Jags. And the only reason I don't trust Derek Carr no more. <laughs> no more. Like, I'm truly done with you. I'm sick of dude. I'm going with the Raiders, man. I just think this is – they're going to snap a streak. I think they're going to have a good long talk. <laughs> I think Adams went up to him and was like, one, one catch? Three one, yards? One catch, three yards? Like, oh, gosh. I didn't even get that little in peewee football. <laughs> like, Give me the ball. 15 targets and probably 15 catches. No lie. Yeah, he, he about to he – about to, and I, I face a guy that has him in the league, so I'm not too – too happy about that, but I'm still going to get that. Thing. I had just as many catches in the staff versus students game at Otterbein. Yeah. Well, you definitely had more catches and yards. And, uh, and I got a touch. Man, all right. Uh, <laughs> 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 flex. Okay. He's <laughs> trying to flex. They don't want to talk about how I was dotting the staff members up, though. We don't want to talk about that. Hey, huh? you, you was dotting the staff member. I want to know parts of that. I was like, I'm going to go to the other side of the field. I'm going to go here. Nah. Um, but it was funny because I got the touchdown because Keith made a good defensive play and tipped the ball, but it tipped right to me. Like in the end, so, so I just caught it. Like it was good defense. I just, hey, that was just luck of the draw. Luck of the draw. You know? and, uh, yeah, just like how my my backup quarterback. That's what y'all was like. <laughs> 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 oh god! Shout out. You know, I pulled my, I pulled my, I pulled my hamstring during that game. He came up. He's like, "Are you gonna be able to go?" And I looked up and saw him. I was like, "Yep." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yep, and I went out there and scored. I was like, nah, bro, I can't even do that to y'all. I got to muscle through. I just couldn't play defense, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. I had to get out during defense, but, you know. Oh, that was funny. Good Memory, old days. Man. Those are the good old, good old days. Um, <laughs> Seahawks at Cardinals. It's tricky. The Cards better win, man. I'm not going to – it's – I know I feel like I keep on disrespecting Seattle – it's just like I don't want to believe that they're actually a good team. Um, but I got Seahawks in a close game. I'm not confident about it, but I, I, I'm just taking hey, top over. Dino thought things up. What? Yeah. They should have won by like three scores last week. If, if excuse me, ooh, we that almost slipped out. But if folk wasn't, uh, <laughs> if folk wasn't uh, dropping touchdown passes, I think he had like two drops. 
Tyler Lockett, yeah. Yeah. Okay, he fumbled, he fumbled and, and dropped the mm-hmm. touchdown. Man. Yeah, that's what I can't wait to, to watch that. I never thought I'd say that Seahawks at Cardinals. I I'm, I can't wait to see that. Uh Ravens at Saints. The marvelous. Ravens and Duvernay and Andrews. Whoever got number eight. They, they might upgrade B-Jax from the practice squad, too. I hope so. I can't wait to see that. I hope so. so he might get, he might get like three targets, two right. catches for like a buck fifty. No, <laughs> and then he'll be out. He'll the the play deep, bro. They just go on. Set it over top, bro. Just air it out. He'll find it. Yeah. And then he'll be out for the rest of the season. Like, that's just kind of stuff. Like For real. <laughs> like, he, run, he runs so fast that he can't keep his hamstrings or nothing intact, man. He's just at that age. Uh, uh, Lions versus Packers. Did the pack, pack bounce back against the Lions? Here? I, I, I'm going to say Packers. I'm not confident in it, but the only reason why, huh? Where they playing? Uh, they're in Detroit. In Detroit Lions. Actually, no Packers because I don't know what it is, but Aaron Rodgers likes that stadium a lot. I, I'm just going Packers because I know that they're in do or die mode. Mm-hmm. They're in do or die mode. You you got the Vikings at what six and one. You're yep. you're three and five. You, you got to make something shake because you you nine times out of ten you're not winning the division, yeah, so yeah. you just need to put up a a great fight to you know hopefully get in there somewhere. Yeah. All right. Uh, last one: Bat Bucks versus Rams. <sighs> I'm picking my boys. I ain't got no faith in them, but I'm picking them. I, I'm. I've been thinking about the Rams all, all week. I just, as bad as both of their old lines are, one of them has Aaron Donald on the D line, and I'm I'm putting my faith in in Aaron. I'm about to put that 99 jersey on this week. So he, if he don't show up this week, I'm put hands and feet on somebody. <laughs> <laughs> like Christian McCaffrey put hands and feet on y'all defense last week. Boy. This dude legit hands and clues. (laughs) Reception (laughs) touchdown, running touchdown, passing touchdown. Game price ox. You trying to get me started. They was just having fun with y'all, bro. I haven't seen an offense online matter. James, this is your fault because you got him started. I was trying to avoid that topic at all costs. You been on that bull. Okay, I'm trying to keep PG 13. You on that bull. Listen, every show, my goal is to get you get you going, like, on a race. I'm, I'm not falling into it, James. I'm not doing this. Oh, man. I almost had you. Almost had you. All right. Uh, all right, we're going to close it out. Bet with Coach Murph. Who we putting our money on this weekend? Listen, man, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I know I typically do teams, but we're going to do a, a few, uh, a few uh, you know, props. So, if y'all don't know, Jonathan Taylor is out this week. Mm-hmm. So, that boy Deion Jackson is taking over. And last time he took over, he balled. Mind you, this is against the Patriots. Um, but I'm expecting them to run the ball a lot more because 
with Sam Ellinger being the quarterback and the way that Belichick feasts on the, the youth of QBs, I think they're going to do their best to make sure that he doesn't throw um, a lot of passes downfield uh, or intermediate media routes. So I would say bet the over, which is 55 and a half yards for for Deion Jackson that week. Um, a game I'll be selecting is the the Rams over Bucks. Rams are the underdog. So you got to take that. And the last one, I, I was up in the air about this one. It's this Chargers game. Mm. Atlanta's the underdogs at Atlanta. No Keenan Allen. ATL we up, man. There it is. ATL I, I really thought you were going to do Lions over Packers. I really thought you was going to do that. I put it like this. If you put your money on it, I wouldn't be mad. Listen, I, yeah, like it, it's just one of those things, but like I, I just refuse to believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to lose this game. I just refuse to believe that because like at this point, he's playing for a moral victory and it's just that I don't think there's any like true bad blood against Adams and Rogers. But I think if he finds his way to the playoffs, that he will look at the organization and be like, see what I did with this. Mm -hmm. So, and you know, Rogers love rubbing stuff in people's faces. So I, I think that's what he's playing for. So he he has an urgency. He's going to have an, a sense of urgency, and, and it has to start here. There it is. I heard it here. Place your money now. Place your money now. And, uh, man, that's it for us tonight. If y'all didn't learn anything else in this episode, just be smart. Be thoughtful. Have a plan. Be strategic. Just think about what you're doing. Okay. Don't be like Kyrie. That's what I got. Don't be like Kyrie. All right. So hope y'all stay blessed and stay stay safe. We'll catch y'all next week. Peace.